0: Uh, what the heck is going on with this jetpack thing? This jetpack stuff. Stir- so you know what? Wait a minute before. Um, the the barefoot kid, the barefoot boy. He's in like in jail, right? The barefoot bandit. The barefoot bandit. Right. Well, let's
1: from- let's. It's a shame we don't have
0: some device. Okay. Um. Because you know, this is like. I don't know. That's really old news. So. Well, but and and yeah just kind of makes me think of him. The, the fact that this is such a weird mystery kind of thing. And,
1: uh, He's out on probation.
0: Oh, well, there we go. Since
1: July 2016.
0: Uh, well, we have to go back and look at the uh, – we're going to have to do a web search to see about jetpack sightings since that date. And uh, um, I don't know. That's No, kidding aside. So uh, – we, uh, I, I should add a disclaimer to our listeners. Um, n- due to completely not COVID-related, just weird scheduling snafus, uh, we've had to skip a whole bunch of uh, scheduled recording sessions. So we haven't recorded in like I don't know what a month.
1: What's your uh, What's your name again?
0: Yeah, I know exactly. Um, so this story's been on the list for a while, and I don't know when the last of these uh, incidents happened, but there have now been multiple, like three or four different. Times when someone reported seeing a jetpack on Long Final to LAX, uh, and what's the latest? Is it still a thing?
1: Uh, well, there hasn't been a latest. This is rather dated. Um, according to an article on AIN, uh, Matt Thurber wrote um, August 30 and October 14 were the. Um, uh, at least widely cited dates. So um, a
0: month, October. Yeah, that'd be a month ago. And uh,
1: October fourteen would be almost a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one, um, uh, China Airlines crew claimed they saw a person flying a jetpack at six thousand feet, six nautical miles northwest of LAX.
0: Yeah. See, it's the six thousand feet thing that, that that messes with my hypothesis of what's going on here, uh, because my hypothesis is that this is not actually a human in a jetpack; that this is some sort of funky, exotic, um, remote-controlled aircraft. I thought it's just a balloon. Up or oh, hmm, a balloon? Okay. That, what? A balloon that's shaped like a jetpack? Or just yeah, a balloon yeah. That- I mean,
1: you get a big enough, you get a big enough. I won't say a big enough balloon, but um, you, you can. Um, you know, futz around and, and create some little, some, some small structure that looks like a guy in a in a jetpack. And if you do it right, um, the balloon can pretty much be built within the in the frame. Hmm. It'd have to be very light. It'd have to be mostly mylar or something. But it's possible to do.
0: It's a Macy's Day. Thanksgiving it's right. parade it's thing Snoopy run off. Snoopy right. got
1: away. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. Uh, okay. He's banging into, you know, it's the, uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. You know, now bang, are, banging the Billings.
0: Are tethered... <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, another pop reference. Okay. Uh, pop culture reference. Uh, uh, is a tethered, quote-unquote, balloon, lighter-than-air thing... Um,
1: I'm not suggesting it's tethered.
0: I know. Yeah, well... Or oh, you think it might be remote, con- or or just free oh, just,
1: fo- just you know?
0: I can't imagine it's free floating. They would somebody would have found it by now. Uh, well, it's got to be control under control. I, I,
1: maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Yeah,
0: it, but imagine it was tethered. If it was a, a tethered balloon, there are there FAA you'd have restrictions. More
1: than, you'd have more than one sighting. I think if it was tethered. A. B. I'm going to presume that. Um, any tethered balloon within a within Class Bravo airspace has to be coordinated with a, ATC.
2: Yeah, okay. I was going to say, yeah, tethered balloons are regulated uh, as well as free balloons, and okay. that's the way the regulations read mm-hmm. are, are broken down. And, I know the more dramatic examples of this
0: are actually charted. Of course, the military aerostat things are, are often charted, um, but uh, um, I was wondering whether it's legit to – launch a balloon on a long piece of wire from your backyard, at what point are you busting an FAR? Um, 400 feet. Ah, okay. I I knew I'd have somebody who would, that's why I keep you guys around. (laughs) Why don't you just look it up? No, I got Jeb and Dave. I don't need to look it up. Um, So uh, the Barefoot Bandit, what's his name? Remind me, Jeb, you still have it on your screen? Oh, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, I but want
2: to make a note here. Collins,
1: we need to- Collins, hang on a second.
2: I, yeah, I, I don't think we should get this kid's name anywhere near this because we have no basis for knowing any kind that's, of relationship.
1: That's not a bad thought.
2: Higdon, you got, you guys are no fun at all. Accor-
1: uh, according to
0: Wikipedia. Okay. All right, let's not name his name. Okay. The Barefoot Bandit. Okay, we're back. Uh, we got a little. Uh, the phone, somebody's phone rang, and we had to break away for a second. I don't know what the last thing you all heard was, but I think we we, we, uh, we were so, debating tethered
1: balloons, and no, um, we were
0: debating whether or not to out to, to dox the uh, barefoot bandit kid, and and so I, I agree, we're not going to name his name. Um, I, and just to kind of finish the joke, though, what where, what state he was like washington state or something like that right yeah. Wasn't he? Oregon yeah or or washington state or something like that so well hell he was all over the place yeah, that's but, true you know. he was stealing airplanes so he was right. all over the place anyways all right well i think we've solved the problem it was either a
2: balloon or a kid with no shoes and uh, i think know, it was a, a a drone myself
0: i, I think it was I, I that's except it was at six thousand feet which i mean like that's
2: a serious drone um but oh yeah uh, but some of them will do that my problem with the whole jetpack thing starts with the 6,000 feet. Uh, I've never seen or heard of one flying that could take off and get that high before it ran out of fuel. Uh, demonstrations at Oshkosh where they didn't get out of ground effect notwithstanding, uh, that's what made me doubt it seriously. Yeah, as, I it's think- a real thing with a human being in it.
0: I, I think that the fact that they the, the fact that they're keeping the uh, answer to this whole thing a secret is a sign that it's some sort of military secret scandal thing.
1: Who who's keeping what a secret? <laughs>
0: the government they've figured this out and they're not telling us and it's like i don't know whether Uh, uh, why okay okay, rush um uh, now now um, now now. that's the nastiest thing you've ever said to me
2: well Uh, (laughs) all right all right i uh, I could i can make it worse (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah
1: um no i guess is the quick answer i mean um so if, did, if, if if let's say if, if some agency of the of the U.S. government was testing a a um, man carrying drone, they don't they would not do it in lax airspace at six thousand feet. I,
0: I didn't say it was a man carrying drone. I just said it was some sort of m- m- secret, double probationary,
2: secret military thing that they don't want to tell us about. You know, or or mm-hmm. it's why it, why would they do it in that airspace when when they've got. Edwards, just Hide, north of there, about 30 miles.
0: Hiding in plain sight, man. Hiding in plain sight. That's what it, I'm saying. It, That's all I'm saying. It got away it, from them. It got away from them. That's right. It yeah, got because, away from them. Because, yeah, because... <laughs> oh, never mind. I was going to
2: joke. No no, pun, no, no, no. Pun pun fully intended. They wanted everybody to get all of Twitter over it. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. All right. Hey, Jeb, hi. How are you doing? What have you been, have you been up to lately?
0: What's oh,
1: going just trying to debunk all the all the world out there. Uh,
0: uh, you know, why start now? Well,
1: you know, there's that too. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, job security is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: yeah. Um, you had some legitimate um, um, weather situations down there recently. We
1: did have a legit weather uh, situation yesterday. It's basically blown out of here. Uh, there's patches of blue sky this morning, not right this moment, but uh, uh, breezes are picking up a little bit. But the, mm-hmm. this just,
0: just now this is what, again, this is, which it's, uh, it's uh, tropical uh,
1: storm eta okay <laughs> but yeah
0: i know right yeah,
1: i, I didn't, tropical storm ada or or ada um, ada ada they've been pronouncing it ada on the local <laughs> Just, radio what are we
0: we up to like about uh, 53 different names yeah, this year we're it's like, like yeah, we're, we are we're we in, the went, alpha, we're
1: in we the hexadecimal to? counting
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we Thank went you know, all that was the, the joke way. I was looking for. Go ahead David, what?
2: <laughs> Wait, we, we used up all the uh uh normal alphabet, I the alphabet. Know. We used had to move to the greek alphabet god knows where they're going to go after that i don't know i don't know man
0: it's crazy uh-oh my screens all went to sleep uh got to touch the screen every minute uh, so anyways the weather is yeah, what else is going on so jeb did you actually all kidding aside uh from the radar it looks like you got some good rain of that yeah we did uh, the,
1: all the the rain we got about four inches at least um, in what uh,
0: like a couple of days and
1: within certainly within 36 hours maybe yeah. less maybe less than that 24 um and uh you know I've got standing water again, I've got a bunch of palm fronds to, to clean up, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, four inches was about five inches more than we needed, uh, but, uh, really? <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, right now it looks like everything's uh, blown out and we were, we're not going to see this again. There is another red splotch on the uh, National Hurricane Center's map, but it's uh, way down in the Southern Caribbean and uh, headed west. Uh, across the Yucatan or near but the Yucatan. Wasn't
0: wasn't Eda at one point? Way yeah, down yeah. Don't Midwest? start. Don't start. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I All know. right. Yeah. So, I and, uh,
1: but I, I'm just so tired of of this and and the, the last several weeks and, and in in 2020 entirely. That, that I just you know I just um I don't know what to do.
0: I don't know just be glad you're not in southern louisiana
1: um well there's that they've had yeah. what three storms hit them three or year? four direct yeah. hits you know it's, it's, uh, yeah. uh
0: so uh yeah that's that's it's, so, it's uh, 2020 man it's 2020 it's 2020 and uh uh <laughs> theoretically it's going to end one of these days time
2: will tell i uh, I, I, I wish rod sterling was alive right now. i know now. he'd make some, he could have so much fun with everything he would make in some serious hay out of this no question about it uh Anything else, Jeb? Uh,
0: no, know? I
1: mean, we got. We, are we finished with the jetpacks?
0: Oh, I think we are. Okay. I got mean, do you have more? What do you want? to No, say?
1: I just you know, there's, there's. Uh, I
0: think um, we've ticked off all the possible conspiracy theories, and now we'll just kind of have to wait. Oh, no, now what it's happens.
1: time to tick off listeners.
0: Yeah. Well, we've been doing that lately too. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. Uh, Anyways, did you see this, this, uh, so there's this video on a tweet, uh, from, uh, uh, St- uh Stephanie. I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that Stephanie, I have no reason to believe that Stephanie's a listener, although she does call herself airport girl on Twitter. Um, and she has uh, shared a, uh, TikTok video of, uh, a couple of guys flying I saw this. I- a uh, paraglider, a powered paraglider. Um, and they've. They have basically created a lure. It looks like uh, it's just an amazing shot of this. Uh, it's a vulture of some sort, I believe. Oh, well, it was a condor. Cond. Well, I think that's a vulture of some sort, isn't it? but yeah, you're right. Condor. It's It's condor. It but the condors I'm familiar with are bigger than this, aren't they? The 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 California this condors. Have, this
1: it? doesn't have to be an adult condor.
0: Well, that's true too. Um, so the uh, so it's a it's a, a sort of a tandem powered parachute.
2: i let, let me stop you right there, Jack. Go ahead, David. Show me where the motor is. You're right. I'm looking more closely. There is no motor. So it's yeah, not a no power. I'm, I'm,
1: so I'm still, yeah, I'm not convinced this is legit, is the punchline. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that where Dave was headed?
0: Maybe. David, are you headed to this is maybe uh, fabricated? No. Okay, All right. I, I, yeah. it looks real to me. So the, so, uh, you're right. It's not powered. It's not a um, powered parachute. But it is a tandem. They're both kind of hanging in the in the in the. But it's kind of got some serious structure to it, which is it's what got a it's out. got
1: a seat frame. Yeah, Seat, right. seat frames.
2: Yeah, that's um, that's the way the two seaters are. are uh, yeah, are and designed. the one
0: the person sitting to the rear is holding out what might be at its basic a a, a boom for holding a camera well, you see these all the time with these selfie cameras that are on a, on a stick um, but it appears that they've also fastened my guess is they've fastened some food some meat or something to it to attract this bird yeah, he's
1: holding the 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 uh, selfie stick very um steadily
0: well it looks steady because the camera is fastened to the stick that i mean. i
1: get that part but it's it's the 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 camera's not moving around much
0: true yeah. it also i i keep staring at it trying to figure out whether or not this selfie stick is also on a a, a secondary boom no it's not look at that okay
2: no it's not but it is tethered to the uh yeah to the, in any uh, event. harness so if he drops it it's not going anywhere
0: as we watch the beginning of this video, uh, we just see them fly, them, them, you know, soaring if you will, um, and then all of a sudden we see a bird float down into the frame, and, and it's this condor um, that actually um, um, you know, perches on the selfie stick, um, seems to eat something off of the selfie stick. Um, and then uh, he shakes the stick to try and you know get the bird to break free. It does for a moment, and it's just soaring next to it it's because everybody's moving at the same speed. It looks very floaty, like you know it's just kind of. Um, but it's 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 it's, it's really.
2: I don't know. It's fascinating to watch. I, it, it's impressive. Um, yeah. Now, David, and- my
0: question for you, David, because you're the ultralight uh, uh, hang glider guy, and, and clearly this was—they tried to make this happen. But does this kind of thing happen? You hear stories about birds soaring with gliders and hang gliders and whatnot. Did this happen to you? Ever? Yes.
2: Yes, it does, and usually it's a trained bird. Uh, there was a guy that used to come through Chattanooga. Uh, To the lookout mountain uh, flight park when I uh, lived down there uh, who had a red-tailed hawk that he'd raised as a chick Uh and and he had the appropriate licenses and all that stuff and it would take off from the crossbar or the uh, control bar of his uh, hang glider and come back and land uh fly with him uh I had uh, a, a very large red-tailed hawk uh, uh soared with me on a trip I did from the Lookout Mountain Flight Park to Point Park in the north down to Fort Payne, Alabama and back again and uh and uh and I got attacked once by a uh, a, a hawk really I, it, yeah I think I got too close to uh where it had a nest and it came Diving at me and actually left marks on the uh, nose cone that covered the uh, uh, structure on the nose of the glider, streamlined it. And uh, I, I, I kept it. I ordered a replacement that matched, but it got through the uh, uh, st- stabilized Dacron and damaged the mylar underneath. Huh. And, and I'm just thrilled that it didn't, that the bird wasn't hurt or it didn't get. Tangled in the weave. Uh, But, yeah, it happens. Uh, This one, I'm betting money that uh, they've seen these birds in that airspace before and came back prepared
0: to bait it. Yeah. Because it appears, it's kind of hard to see. I don't know, maybe you guys can see it better than I. But it it appears, I mean, the the bird clearly, you know, bites at something on the bar. um, And my guess is that they actually put some bait there they they probably stuck a piece of meat to it or something in order to attract the bird because the once the bird had its way with the selfie bar, the bird lost interest and went
2: away um I think it finished i think it finished what there was to eat that's what I mean yeah yeah so yeah. anyways now what about but, power uh, yeah Hell of a job!
0: Yeah, what about powered aircraft? I this has certainly never happened to me in a powered a- aircraft. I, I guess you know we're, we're, we're traveling a little bit faster in a straight line, so we're less, we're more conducive to birds zooming past inadvertently. But
2: uh, I've had a couple of near misses. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, so uh, it's not the same thing, I guess. One one of them right over, one right, one of them right over uh, nine two seven at uh, Lakeland during the air show uh mm-hmm. freaking freaking bald eagle of all things really Wait, how, yeah like- it, it just came tearing through the airspace i was coming back on the arrival after a, uh doing a demo flight for an article and uh the bird showed up on the uh infrared camera that was installed on the airplane and we saw the white dot and it's just getting closer and closer and the factory pilots he's craning his neck looking for other traffic and I'm craning my neck looking for a bird. I'm thinking it's other traffic but it was uh, on a reciprocal heading. It passed my, off our right wing tip about 40-45 feet away and was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like That had to be one curious eagle to come through that airspace with all the aircraft that were in in the pattern that day.
0: I, uh, You think they even make that distinction? Maybe I don't... <sighs>
2: Well, they know enough to see and avoid.
0: Yeah, but I, I wonder if they notice the difference between one aircraft in this airspace and even 10 or 20. They don't. I'm not sure. If they, I don't know. Maybe. maybe.
2: Yeah, maybe. who knows? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All I know is that it was – I'm glad I didn't miss the opportunity to see it, but I'm glad I missed the opportunity to hit it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Here's an old
1: old story. I think it was in Flying Magazine years ago about a, a hawk that flew formation with a glider pilot one day. Yeah. And um, glider pilots just uh, grooving on the whole thing. And and um, the Hawk just tucks in nice, you know, you know kind of nice tight formation. And they go out and they're, they're kind of maneuvering a little bit and, and this kind of thing. And and all of a sudden, the pilot realizes that the Hawk has been leading this guy away from where the lift is.
0: Oh, yeah, okay.
1: And he's like, oh, you know, and the, and and he 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 banks to turn back to the airport, and the hawk kind of waves goodbye, you know, kind of thing. And uh, he barely makes it back to the to the uh, the launch site and whatnot, but it comes out all right. But you got to be careful; some of these hawks are going to lead you astray.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a cautionary tale. Cautionary tale.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I was just just watching this thing as it endlessly replays, and realized that the uh, the guy is steering the uh steering the paraglider with one hand and for a lot of the time he's got a little right looks like a little right uh rudder in it i'm sorry left rudder in it that's odd yeah oh no he's got both of them in his hands i'm sorry he's got both both steering lines in in his right hand i see yeah and a whistle
0: a whistle i wonder if that's a if it's a condor call did you know that? Okay, that, there's
2: your episode time.
0: I know, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, no, I don't think yeah, just, there is such.
1: There's no such thing, of course.
2: Condor
0: if, call? Okay, you guys keep talking. I'm
2: looking. Oh, at you that. can get it. You can get it online and play it. I've seen bird watchers here use bird calls that they downloaded online and and played on a little speaker yeah. to co- to coax out a uh, barred owl that lives in the neighborhood. Well, yeah, but we're talking about condors here. Hang on here. Condor bird call. Uh, But yeah, if you look at it, the guy's got a yellow whistle in his mouth. Okay, sure. Well that's
0: right I don't do Google anymore so
2: but uh, DuckDuckGo doesn't
0: jump out at me with an answer to this question But no, uh, there's, this, as David alludes to there's plenty of recorded sounds of condor the the sound that condors make but in terms of it being a, a lure to attract condors to because wow. <laughs> it's a huge market for people who are looking to attract condors to uh, um, yeah
1: well, according, according to yeah um, all about birds.org. Yeah. Uh, condors are usually silent. But, ah. can, but can issue a variety of hisses and snorts, not unlike myself. Yes, I know, pr- right? particularly, when, <laughs>
2: particularly
1: when defending nest sites.
2: Well, there we go. There I we think go. I've heard that out of you early in the morning gonna, before was, your was, first yeah, coffee. I, I know. Say.
0: Hisses and snorts. Hisses and uh, snorts. So many titles, so little time. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right. Well, that's pretty cool stuff. Uh, uh, speaking of endangered Species. I don't know whether that's a good
1: uh, endangered uh, birds.
0: Yeah, in, endangered endangered flying things. Um, DC seven uh, Douglas DC seven. Uh, Jeb, I think you put this on the list. I, I
1: did. Is uh, this, Tanker sixty. Yeah, which was. Um, um, uh, an aerial uh, f- firefighting tanker uh, is slash was uh, operated by Erickson AeroTanker out of Medford, Oregon uh, was retired earlier um, You know, mm-hmm. sometime this year October, October 28 is when the story was, uh, was dated so not, not that long ago um, far as this is the article says it's the last airworthy operational DC-7
0: in the world Wow. That seems implausible, but not it, it impossible. Kind
1: of, it kind of does to me too, but um I don't know. Uh
0: um I, I you know
1: I, according to this article it is.
0: Yeah. Um, I, so I could buy that it was the last One flying in the continental United States, for example, Um, um, even North America. Um, But I have a hard time imagining that a a, a reliable old aircraft like this—I mean, isn't still flying in? According to according to Wikipedia, according to Wikipedia. Okay, here we go. Well, because this is the ultimate source, but
1: well, that's why that's why I preface saying according to Wikipedia. there are no DC-7s in operation today.
0: Well, okay, that's. Another, all right, It's kind of too bad.
1: An- another data point. Yeah, it's um, kind of
0: too bad. What's the, you know, when I look at the picture of this uh, of this uh, Ericsson um, aircraft, it puts me in mind of the, uh, what's the sub-hunting aircraft that... Uh, the um, P3, that Orion, P3, L- Lockheed
1: P-3 Orion. P-3 Orion. P-3 Orion, which was uh, an outgrowth or development of the Lockheed Electra.
0: Okay, so it's Douglas versus Lockheed, so it's not, Correct. It's just a coincidence, it's not like related. It's,
1: yeah, the, the Lockheed Electra slash Orion had turboprop engines, Yeah. the DC-7 has uh, round uh, radial engines.
0: Yeah, I was talking with a but a, 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 I don't know if I should name him, I don't know if I, I need to, I, I'm gonna, well, guys, I think you guys know who I'm talking about. So a friend of ours is moving from California, um, from the, the Bay Area, to Washington State, um, and uh, and he in fact has is moving into a home on Whidbey Island in uh, Washington State, and uh, Whidbey Island is where a lot of the P three Orions that used to fly out of out of uh, of uh, Moffett Field. Um, went to as I understand it, and uh, I'm looking forward to visiting this friend up in Washington State and getting a chance to see the P3. When I when I learned how to fly, that was a big deal. About back in the time when I was learning how to fly, and the P3s were still based at at Moffett, mm-hmm. and uh, and they they used to fly this great big pattern all around Silicon Valley. I mean, literally, you'd stand in the middle of Silicon Valley and you'd watch them fly big circle around because they flew this big extended pattern, um, and just constantly there'd be P3s in the air. Um, you know. Uh, doing their missions and training and, and whatever out of Moffat. and uh, and then when the when that base kind of mostly shut down and those squadrons all went away, it was kind of sad because I liked the P3s. I have a very warm place in my heart to this day for the P3 Orion, um, and uh, looking forward to seeing some of them again when I go up to visit this friend in uh, Washington.
1: Well, they've they're on their way to being replaced by the um, I think it's the P8. Okay. Um, which is, I forget the, the name. Uh, um, I want to say know, Poseidon, that's it. Uh, uh, P 8 Poseidon, which is a development of the 737 mm-hmm. um, as a uh, maritime surveillance, uh, maritime patrol aircraft for the military.
0: Hmm. Okay. For the, for the U.S. military,
1: Yeah. Uh,. Anyways, so uh, anyway, so anyway, uh, um, nice little article here from Business. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, what's it's, it from it's on here? It's... Uh, Business Insider, I think. But uh, um, wait, uh, so it's on MSN.
0: Oh, um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you're about right about t- t- the
1: tanker sixty and Some, some decent art and and, uh, yeah. um, uh, nice, nice long detailed story. Some of you know it's it's written. It's not written by an aviation person. It's written by uh, mm-hmm. mass, a mass media person. But there's you know a nice pick of it of one of the engine, the number one engine starting, and all the smoke and, and sturm and Drang. Uh, cool. And, you know that kind of thing. So cool. Yeah. yeah sounds
2: good. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty decent with a camera. Well, there you go. No higher praise. Uh,
0: Exactly.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, David, ask me how I've been doing. (laughs) So, Jack other than your sinuses how you do how you been doing how's work my sinuses work what's that I, I don't know what work is i have not
0: worked it's, it's just nuts i i'm you know i ought to be more concerned about this than i am fortunately the pandemic happened at a time when i had a pretty good reserve stashed away um and i've also been able to take care of take advantage of various uh you know pandemic stimulus you know uh, whatever you want to call it things um but uh I gotta, You're on the dole. Say it. I, I'm on the dole, man. I well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I am, I, and I, I, you know, I don't know how to characterize it exactly. But that's what I'm doing. It's, it's,
1: it's temporary. You and and you know, 50 million of your closest friends are going through the same thing.
0: I know. Yeah, and and you know, of course, people in my industry, in the ga- I call it the gatherings industry. Um, are are just all particularly um, you know anybody who's involved with live events either like conferences and trade shows and I was reading some stories recently about uh, uh, New York's Broadway industry you know the the, the live theater industry and they're all um, obviously sitting around as well so uh, um, hopefully we're you know of course we're in a really bad time right now in terms of the absolute Virus numbers, um, but I'm 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 cautiously optimistic that if you can make it through this next couple of months, it's, we're going to start to see. Uh, the beginning of an end of this kind of thing. So, uh, uh, but as David alluded to, I also discovered in this period of my life that I have allergies. This is a w- one of my coworker friends tells me that his allergies, quote unquote, allergies have picked up this year, bigger than ever before as well. And we speculate that it's because those of us who do what we do spend a lot of our our life, like a, a third to a half of our time, we spend it away from our home in like hotels and conference centers and trade show convention centers and things like that, where they highly um, um, filtered and processed air. And so we think that maybe that we've always had these allergies, but because we've been living in clean air environments for most of our lives, we never noticed them. And it's only now that we're, we're, you know, like spent the entire year in our home um, or our home neighborhood that we're suddenly noticing that we've got these, we're allergic to our, you know, the tree next door. Um, But, uh, it's, it's been a thing. It's been, a, I mean, it's not like awful. I know people who really suffer from allergies and I'm not that yeah, bad. Yeah, um, but, but it's, it, 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 it is on a small level, annoying. And, uh, and David promised me it was going to end when the first freeze happened and it hasn't. So
1: <laughs> have you had a freeze up there?
0: oh yeah yes well, i don't know whether
1: you're i don't know if you're jerking my chain or not I, I, i'm, I'm kind of not i was that was a legit question i was yeah. I, I don't know how cold it gets up there this time of year
0: yeah um and i'm yes. not and
1: i'm not anxious to find out
0: yeah, okay <laughs> well you know it's funny you should ask but so yes we have had our first frost up here we've there have been three or four or five nights where it went below freezing um already this season the thing that's particularly interesting is that we are well, actually at the tail end now um, we had quite an indian summer this year Um, Indian summer, by my definition, is when the temperatures get like above 60 up into the 60s and high 60s and 70s after the first frost um, and uh, um, And not only did we have a couple of days of high 60s and 70s We've actually had like the better part of a week over a week um, of it's it's kind of of, of uh, Historic um, that we've had uh, 70. I mean right now. Well, it's actually dropping It was 65 at dawn this morning here in New Hampshire, which is really crazy um, for, for November um, so uh,
2: wasn't yeah. there something that you wanted to talk about right here?
0: I don't know. What did I want? Oh, you're talking about Patreon? Patrons? Thanking the patrons? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I could do that. I'd have to find the right little uh, uh, group of notes that I have here. <laughs>
1: I'm just going to I'm just gonna mute my microphone so you okay. all don't hear me screaming in the background.
0: Probably for the best. <laughs> All kidding aside, uh, if a uh, few folks out there like what we're doing here on the podcast, and I just have no idea why you might, um, but uh, if you do, uh, uh, please consider supporting us uh, with a financial donation. As little as a few dollars a month really, really helps in enabling us to do this podcast, uh, helping to pay for uh, server fees and, and uh, uh, various uh, equipment and um, um, uh, uh, you know uh, tools that we need. Um, and normally, it also helps pay with some of the travel that we like to do in order to go to Oshkosh and Sun and Fun and things like that and it'll help again in the future. So if you can help it would be really, really great. You can send us individual donations uh, through the uh, UCAP tip jar that's on PayPal. Uh, Big thanks to a couple of recent PayPal supporters uh, John L, Michael S and Todd B. Thank you very much folks, we really appreciate it. Um, Or you can uh, become an automatic monthly supporter via Patreon Uh, and uh, thank you to some of our Patreon supporters, Evan S uh, Jim from PA, Mark Mark C., Michael V., Matthew D., Andrew P., and to everyone who supports us on Patreon, you folks are the best. Thank you very much. For information on uh, about providing automatic monthly support, you can check out uh, our page at patreon.com slash uncontrolledairspace, or you can make a PayPal donation to the email address podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com. You can get all this information, if you didn't quite catch it here, uh, by clicking on the box in the right-hand column of the UCAP homepage. That's at uncontrolledairspace.com. Anyways... What's going on here? What's next? Something must be something. This is uh, yeah. so. That's what Jack's been up to. I mean, this. And this. Oh, this is very sad. Actually, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I will I, uh, from segue from something so lighthearted into something so sad. Um, uh, sad to report that uh, Audrey Pobrezny, the beloved wife of EAA founder uh, Paul Pobrezny, Audrey passed away uh, about a week or so ago um, in Oshkosh at uh, age 95. Um, I, I never. I, I saw. Her from a, a, a short distance many times, um, and and read about her her work with the A.A. and other community things. Um, th- the main thing I wanted to observe about Audrey Poberezny, from my perspective, is that she was way more than simply Paul's wife. Um, she was, at least as far as the A.A. was concerned, Paul's partner. Um, and uh, although she was kind of the silent partner of yours, more silent, silent er, um, she was instrumental in in building the organization and running the organization and supporting the community. Um, and uh, and uh, and she was, as near as I can tell, beloved by every Everybody who ever had any contact with her, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing that at least one of you had some contacts with Audrey. Um, Jeb, do you, did you know Audrey? Fulberson?
1: I, I don't, knew her only by uh, sight. I did not, uh, yeah. not. I may have shaken her hand once, um, but I don't remember if I did.
2: Mm-hmm. David, did you know Audrey? Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I'm. I'm glad to say I was fortunate enough to uh, get to know Audrey uh way back in 82 when glider rider magazine sent me up to uh uh cover the first and one of only two ultralight fly-ins that paul put on the schedule uh eaa was still headquartered in hale's corner uh down near milwaukee uh they had not yet built the museum and started to move up to oshkosh that that was in the planning works but not there but uh she and paul had me out uh, by their place for dinner and it was a lovely evening and uh it, she indeed was the first lady of EAA because mm-hmm. she's the one that helped jump start the whole operation that she and paul conceived uh, uh together uh in their rec room back in uh, 50 Three, I think it was, and uh, handled the paperwork, got the uh, framework started, and never left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just a lovely, lovely human being, and a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it, it was always really interesting to see her riding around with Paul and Red One yeah yeah and he'd he'd be cruising through the crowns and if if you got close enough to say hello you'd notice that uh they were holding hands as he was cruising along in that little little topless volkswagen Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, uh truly were a couple uh i'm better for the experience of having a chance to deal with both of them yeah that sounds great that sounds great so our condolences to uh,
0: the uh, Pope Rezny family and to the uh, greater EAA community for their loss uh, um, it's very sad what else here uh so Jeb, you got st- upstaged here.
1: So you got, I know. You I got know.
0: totally upstaged. I know. So what I'm talking about here is so uh, uh, some months ago uh, we talked about um, this uh, airport in the middle of nowhere in Florida called uh, Dade Collier. I believe it's called K T N T, and uh, uh, it's uh, it, it was the beginnings apparently of what was going to be a mega airport uh, for Southern Florida. It was the idea was for it to be halfway between the East and West Coasts, and it was going to have all kinds of ha- rapid transit, and it was just going to be this big deal and for one reason or another it fizzled out but but before it fizzled out, they had built one runway and a ramp, and that's about it. All right. And then chose not to mothball. It's still operational and has been apparently all along, and is used for all sorts of training missions. And, and as near as we could, could tell, there's nothing there except the pavement. all right? Um, um, but it's apparently cared for. So then, uh, a couple weeks ago, Jeff reported to us, and we were going to talk about it here on the podcast, the fact that... Uh, so tell us what happened, Jeff.
1: Well, I was driving uh, back from From uh, Miami, I had some personal business down there, and I took 41. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm uh, just smoking along on 41, and I see this airport sign. You know, you know, you know, the stylized airplane on the green sign.
0: As did I, but you did something different. And
1: and uh, uh, I actually blew past. What is that? Just as I went past the turnoff, I saw the sign that said, "Dade Call Your Training and Transition Airport." I'm like. Oh, so I did a UE and went back and yeah. followed the followed the. It's like a three mile, and there's nothing out there. Uh, three mile road to the to the airport. It's and
0: that I, far off the highway. I didn't. It's that it.
1: far off the highway. Um, took a couple of pictures of it, sent them to y'all. Yeah. Um, and uh, just of the gate. I couldn't. The gate's locked, and I'm not getting out of the car because it's raining. But, uh, um. Then, then we get this email from from Tom.
0: Right now, your your visit would have been more than enough for us to have fun, some fun talking about the Dade Collier Airport. Right, right. Um, this guy,
1: this guy flew in there. So this guy he, flew in there. Yeah. and so we got pictures to prove I know. it. So we know. got
0: email from uh, listener Thomas F, uh, who uh, uh, sent us this uh, uh, email and some pictures. He says hi, uh, and they they always say hi Jack. They mean hi Jack Jeb and Dave. It's just that the the email is my name, so they say hi Jack. Hi Jack Jeb and Dave. Uh, he says several episodes ago you guys spoke about the possibility of doing a UCAP episode from KTNT, Dade Collier. Uh, He said, I had the opportunity to add it to my logbook recently and thought I'd send a few photos. Uh, He writes that uh, we left Marco Island uh, and stopped at Everglades City, which is a 2,400 by 50 foot strip uh, with water on both ends. Uh, We then flew to KTNT, uh, Dade Collier, uh, which is a 10,500, again, I'm reading from his email, a 10,500 by 150-foot runway in the middle of the Florida Everglades, and is almost long enough for my brother to land his 182 without a go-around. Uh, so uh, he uh, he says we we parked on the massive ramp, and we were the only plane on the ramp. The runway and ramps are in remarkable good condition. He writes, uh, and it's a true he says it's a truly unusual place and well worth a visit. Uh, and uh, he signs it by saying thanks for you, Cappy. It's a long long time listener, Tom f and uh, he sent us a couple pictures here. one is a uh, uh, just a sort of a simulated picture from I don't know if it's fourth flight or uh, something like that, but then pictures of his uh, his aircraft on the ramp uh, actually a couple pictures of his aircraft on the ramp and one picture from uh, looks like he did a, a a low pass or maybe that's the maybe that's the landing um, but uh, yeah. So and look at this picture. The last picture in the sequence is from some distance away, and you can kind of truly see how there's this runway in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and uh, crazy. Yeah,
1: I, it, I, I'll, I'll fly in there short soon. Uh, yeah, but just for, just for grins. But uh, it's like you know, if you have, if you break down, yeah. you know, if you shut down the engine, you can't get it started again. Yeah. Uh, you, you probably have cell service, but that's about all you're going to have.
0: Uh, you know, and I'll be impressed if you do have cell service, but maybe. Um, it, it it So, you said you got off of 41. Uh-huh. My recollection was that 41 is sort of parallels the interstate yeah. and 41 is to the south.
1: That's correct.
0: But the airport is to the north. So, did you have to cross under the interstate before you got to the airport? I
1: never got to the interstate until I got to Naples. Oh, which is okay. on the which is on the west coast.
0: But n- I don't no,
1: I didn't access. I was all, all my return was all on uh, I was all south of uh, of 75 until I got to Naples and got back on.
0: Okay. I'm uh, just trying to picture whether this airport is north of the I'm sorry, I'm looking. At
1: it's one. not north of 75.
0: It's not. Okay. So it's in between 41 and 75. That's correct. Okay. I've landed at that place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you talked about this because you fl- you landed there when you did the uh, skycatcher flight. Am I right about that?
1: No. With the with the uh, twin uh, twin experimental.
2: David, is that yep. right? Yeah. Okay. Jeb's. Great. Yeah. The uh, air cam. Air cam. Thank yeah. you. And, oh, yeah. Uh, okay. And and I landed a. Uh, A knockoff of the piper comanche that was uh that never really caught on we did our demo flight out of uh uh i think it was fort lauderdale and we were looking for some place to go where we could get some nice shots of it on a ramp with no airplanes or buildings to clutter up the shooting and the guy says oh we'll go to ktnt we'll go to dade collier it's like Dade Collier, and I'm looking on the chart, and I'm looking on the chart, and, oh, yeah, whoa, 10,000, get out. And we flew out there, and there were two other (laughs) airplanes on the ground there, but we managed to jockey around, get the shots that we wanted, and then Uh flew back out again. And this guy's post, Tom F., jumped out at me because on on our way to Key West to join the Cayman Caravan in 19... 99. Yeah. We were running behind to uh, get to Key West in time for the last training session on water ditching and inflating and using a life raft. And if you didn't get that sign off, you didn't make the trip. So we were at Sarasota to pick up a life raft. And you got to give an hour's notice to go through the ADIS. Because I was just going to fly direct from Sarasota over to uh, uh, Key West. I mean, hell, going all the way to Grand Cayman t- the next day. So, right. And the uh, nice guy at the flight service station says, "Well, there's a workaround." Okay, enlighten me. He goes, "Just go down the coast to Everglades City, and take a right, right. turn, a, turn, turn right, and uh, oh, to." About a 210-degree heading, and it'll take you right to Key West. And there's a cutout in the 80s there. Right. Jeb, that's the u that's it,
1: Not exactly. I, there's an intersection, um, IFR intersection out there. Uh, not far from Everglades City, as it were, uh, but I generally will fly direct to that intersection and, mm-hmm. and then just turn right, at, you know, yeah. about a 210, as David says, uh, to get to Key West, and I, f- I follow that route back. It puts me, for the most part, within gliding distance of something that you could
0: call land. Yeah. <laughs> I've ridden that I've ridden route with you, and yes, yes, it puts you within gliding distance of uh, a lot of good alligator territory. Well, uh, yeah,
1: there's, there's some islands out there, and, and, and That kind of thing, too, but...
0: You, you wouldn't sink into the ocean, but you also wouldn't be alone. That was a cut-the-thought that well, was on my mind at the that, time. there's that, too. There's yeah. that, too. So, anyways. Well, that's interesting. So, uh, well, thank you to uh, to uh, Tom F. for uh, uh, sending the pictures and the report. And uh, um, we we got to do something with that airport somehow, some way. I don't know whether that's going to be the site of the first UCAP fly-in
2: ne- or I don't know. Needs what. a hotel, a casino, and an FBO. I was going to yeah. say
1: it might need a bathroom and running water, too. I'm not sure, but uh, –
0: well, well, didn't someone say that there is, in fact, a? Uh, I thought someone told us that there is well, a shack of some sort. With yeah, I,
1: I, there's a mobile home
0: okay. there
1: um, when yeah. I when I um, drove by the other day. Uh-huh. Um, but. Um, There's 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 no facilities there. Let's put it that way. Okay.
0: All right. All right. Anyways, well, one of these days we're going to get on the pavement there. We'll see. Time will tell. But uh, thank you, Thomas F. Appreciate that. David, what have you been
2: working on? What's going on with you? Oh, mostly just trying to keep the rock going uphill and not going down uh, backward. Uh, I've uh, had two, four, five, six deadlines this month, and I'm, I'm finishing up the last three of those uh before starting the weekend uh my hay fever has been a hell of a lot better since we had a hard freeze tuesday night I'm jealous uh, yeah not completely gone but improved greatly mm-hmm. uh, i haven't yet have to clean the microphone off from sneezing that's always a bonus uh and uh Getting myself in shape for a uh, an unexpectedly early trip back to Indiana to take care of some personal business. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, all in all, life's life's going on. Yeah, I just good. went my neighborhood coffee shop to uh, uh, go back to its regular. 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. hours, well, yeah. so that I can get down there and get myself a yin Yang before they close. And they, right now they're closing at 2, and it's a little hard for me to get away that early. How much is the yin Yang out there? Uh, five five thirty eight with sales tax.
1: Same as same as uh, same as in Sarasota. Well, okay.
2: What the heck are you guys talking about? <laughs> it's an old joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a latte with white chocolate dark chocolate two shots of espresso yin yang that's not
1: that's not a yin yang that's not what they call a yin yang in sarasota
2: (laughs) okay yeah right yeah
0: no i get it it's the uh it's the uh, logo for don't wonder productions that's an inside joke um i'll explain to you later on uh so uh anyways all right well that sounds cool um David, keeping me out of trouble. Keeping well. All right. You know that's a good and a bad thing. Um, but uh,
1: that's a worthy objective. It's not
2: always fulfilled. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. David, what's uh, who was Alan Boyd? Oh, Alan Boyd was a hell of a guy. Uh, Alan Boyd was the first Secretary of Transportation, and he got the job uh, right after Congress authorized the creation of D.O.T. and gave it a budget and it, under his tenure they uh, organized the, uh, the the department, uh, brought 30 federal agencies under the umbrella of D.O.T. Uh, uh, Mr. Boyd helped create the uh, Airport and Airways Trust Fund, which is that fuel tax that we pay so we don't have to pay user fees. Uh, and he was not a fan of user fees, which was one of the suggestions at the time. And Mr. Boyd uh, flew C-47s over Normandy on D-Day. Uh, he spent time as chairman of Airbus North America uh, and... Got Was awarded Aviation Week's Lifetime Achievement Award in two thousand nine. Uh, Mister Boyd passed away uh, October eighteen. He was ninety eight, and you're literally flying in the system that he helped create. Yeah, yeah. hell of a hell of a nice guy too. Yeah. Jeb, are you familiar with Alan Boyd's
1: story? No, uh, he predates me, and I was interested to, to, uh, to learn a little bit about his history. Flew C-47 uh, over Normandy on D-Day, um, was chairman of, of Airbus. Um, uh, yeah, it does sound like a, a very dedicated aviator, Yeah. of yeah, which we well. can use a lot more
2: yeah well that's great that's, well there was a, uh, a, there, there was a hell of a job pulling together all these different federal agencies that had all been on their own i i guess i had not re- them organized under under the one umbrella right yeah. and that's the part of the
0: story that uh, uh, that i was unaware of that the t- department of transportation is relatively contemporary i mean obviously, 1965 lot- yeah um I, I would have thought the department of transportation would have been much earlier in the development of the u.s but uh, um
2: no, we had the Civil Aeronautics uh, Board uh, that basically handled aviation as part of the Department of Commerce. Uh-huh, yeah. And as the uh, system got more complicated as the demands of the uh, users, that being us in GA, uh, the business aviation community, and the airline community, as that got bigger and more complicated, Uh that, wise men and 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 women decided that having it under the management of the department of commerce may have been good when there was no aviation industry to regulate and they helped bring it to, into into the modern times But they really needed a dedicated transportation agency because we'd been going through the construction of the interstate system that uh, President Eisenhower uh, envisioned as necessary to the national defense after seeing what Germany had done with its autobahn uh, ahead of when it entered World War II. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. we had railroads and we had shipping and trucking and uh the the highway uh people and somebody said you know they all that stuff's transportation oh and pipelines uh can't forget pipelines so they uh organized got congress to sign off on it the president signed the bill and like jeb said 1965 they launched a new agency and it's uh so far so good yeah. yeah
1: yeah importantly dot of course combined a lot a lot of other transportation modes railroads highways yeah. highway safety all these things under one yeah. umbrella yeah
0: yeah that's interesting that's interesting our condolences to uh, to uh, mr boyd's family and and everybody involved that's uh, quite a and life thank,
2: thanks for mr thanks to mr boyd for his dedication to the nation yes because he he could have had a, a a bit easier life i have a feeling if he hadn't been the one that had to whip all these agencies together under one roof yes and impose the uh will of congress uh by making them answerable to dot and not to themselves anymore mm-hmm.
0: Last but not least here, I've uh, got a, an off-field landing of the week. Uh, and uh, it's, I keep looking at this website. I think it's wi Um It's not. It's, it's a TV station, WLFI. Um, but the letters, for some reason in my mind, say Wi-Fi. WLFI.com's website reports uh, aircraft makes emergency landing on McCarty Lane. This is apparently in... It's a local uh, story. In... Uh, Lafayette, Indiana. Lafayette, Lafayette,
2: Indiana, David. Uh, Where's Lafayette? Is that near your stomping grounds? Uh, It's north-northeast, about 100 miles. Uh, It's it's, uh, west of, I'm sorry, north-northwest of uh, where I grew up. It's uh, west of Indianapolis near the uh, Illinois border. Uh, West Lafayette's the home of Purdue University. So Got it. Got it. Uh, well, reading from the story here, um, uh,
0: Lafayette, Indiana, uh, a homemade plane made an emergency landing about noon Thursday on McCarty Lane. No one was injured, including the pilot David Thibault or Thibault. Uh, Thibault says he didn't have enough momentum to return to Purdue University Airport, where he took off sometime Thursday morning, or to clear populated areas of Lafayette to land in a field. Thibault says uh, he attempted landing on... Sagamore Parkway decided there were too many drivers on that busy street. He turned the aircraft towards McCarty Lane, dodging power lines and cars before coming to a stop in front of Laf- the Lafayette 7 movie theater. Uh, uh, That's so, a
1: local story for you.
0: There you go. Uh, 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 local resident or citizen Jamie Humbarger, Humbarger uh, was on a walk when she saw the plane go down. Quote, uh, we got... We've got power lines and then a gap and then power lines. So he just had to take it right down in between some of those power lines, which was very impressive, she says. Uh, this, is, this, is what I, I, this is mainstream media. I think they don't quite understand. I, this doesn't make sense to me, but I'll read it anyways. Tebow says, uh, Tebow says so they're quoting the pilot, um, the homemade aircraft, uh, homemade kit aircraft had lost electrical power, causing the battery to stop charging. The fuel pump then failed and caused the engine to lose power. Um Har- Harbard Humbarger, the witness, says the aircraft was completely silent as it came in for a landing. D- David, is this a uh, is this a uh, uh what kind of airplane is this? This is a sonic. It's, it's a YX. It's yeah. a Sonex. This yeah. is basically your airplane, David, right? Yep. It's on it on tricycle gear. Yeah. So it's a, a, a V-tailed uh, a, a Sonex uh, a, a, and not yet painted or, or maybe they're not going to plan to paint it, but it's still still aluminum colored. Um, but here's the part I don't understand. So the fuel pump. So is this aircraft dependent on the
2: fuel pump always running to fu- pu- uh, supply fuel to the engine? Uh That does not have the normal engine in it. I'm looking at the photos and the cowl. Uh what kind of motor he's running in it i don't know but the cal has been modified for clearance that the aero v doesn't require and some of the options guys pick do in fact require battery power or electrical uh, alternator power to not only drive the fuel pump but also to power the ignition system really and if you back up power you have to have a backup uh power source for those but that that may not last very long and he may have been running on it and not realized it uh, right away uh so yeah it's definitely not the uh, volkswagen derivative uh that uh, most guys put in their son x and yx uh, airplanes oh and they're one x too they're single seater um and I, I couldn't tell you from the photos what it is, but uh, and I c- haven't seen an N number that I could use. Yeah, to look that, it up. it's a
1: small N number, and it's either blocked or too far away in one of these pictures.
2: Yeah. So, uh but yes, yeah, some of these engines do re- uh, depend on uh, an electrical power source to uh, function fully. Okay. Interesting, I hadn't realized.
0: But anyways, uh, congratulations to uh, pilot uh, David Thibault, uh for uh, successfully getting, the, apparently, thread the needle and uh, um, got the airplane down on the ground safely for himself and the airplane and everyone else around. So There was one of these um,
1: know, engine out that ended up on a highway uh, back in September, a mm-hmm. Mooney Bravo. And I forget, I think it was Florida, it might have been South Carolina, landed on an interstate and rolled to a stop uh, everybody's fine. The airplane's perfect. They open the door, and about that time, a truck hits them from behind. It's the <laughs> it's the left wing spins the airplane around, bangs up the passengers. Um, and you're like, "Come on, <laughs> so you know, close!" I know. You just you just you know, thirty seconds away from. <laughs> so close. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Oh well.
0: All right, fork time. That's it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's always fun. Uh, Jeb Burnside. Jeb's a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine, also as a regular contributor to other aviation publications. Online you can find Jeb's work at AviationSafetyMagazine.com, and his magazine is on Twitter at AvSafetyMag. Uh, you can also find his work at AEA.net, AvWeb.com, and on Twitter he's Burnside BurnsideJ. And Dave Higdon. Dave's an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's Abbuyer magazine. You can find his work all online at abbuyer.com, aea.net. On Twitter, he's Real Higdon. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online in most of the usual places with the all one word username Jack Hodgson. For example, Twitter.com slash Jack Hodgson, YouTube Jack Hodgson, Patreon Jack Hodgson, uh, Instagram these days Jack Hodgson. Check oh that no. Out. Yeah, no. I know. Sad but true. Uh, you can also find my ebooks on Amazon by searching for around the field in the books section, and you can sign up for my email newsletter at jackhodgson.com. Hey David, was or
2: something you want to tell us? Yeah, everybody wants to live forever. Nobody does. But the way to live as long as possible is to go fly because you may have heard this before. Time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye-bye.
0: And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. And no matter what
1: else happens, fly the airplane.
0: Siri, what can you
1: tell us about the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast?
0: The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations that they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation. Remember your training and fly the airplane. But you knew that. All right. Uh, Yeah, Instagram. I'm sorry. True. (laughs) I just... I don't know what possessed me.
2: Ah, oh, I just you what, know. What, so what does Instagram do?
0: Instagram is well, the the short version it's a sh- it's photo sharing. Um, it's it's got started as to take pictures and you, it was the first service that let you apply funky so- filters to your pictures to kind of make them look you know sepia toned or there's all kinds of filters um, and then you share them with the world. Sort of very much like a twitter for pictures um and uh uh, and i first signed up for instagram when it was brand new and liked it and as a matter of fact some of the first instagram pictures i ever posted was one of my visits to hidden river um and uh and and, but within a kind of a month or so i never
1: i never approve
0: that Okay. See, there you go. Um, got to keep your eyes open, man. This bad guy, there's mischief makers everywhere. Um, within a month or so of me signing up for Instagram and deciding that I liked it and had potential, it got bought by Facebook. Um, and, uh, and and I sort of basically turned my back on it uh, because I don't like Facebook so much. Um, and, uh, and I've stayed away from it um, all these years. The problem is that... Uh, and this is just totally, I don't know what the word is. It's uh, hypocritical to me or something, but, but there's so many people doing things on Instagram. I keep hearing about, you know, there's all these YouTube channels that I follow and all these Twitter things that I follow, media creators that I follow, um, who talk about how they're, they post sort of in progress of their work. You know, it's like what I'm working on today, what I'm, you know, uh, you know, uh, behind the scenes stuff. And they post it all on, on Instagram. And I said, oh man, I'm missing some, missing out on some stuff here. And it's also an opportunity to promote my stuff. And so, uh, I'm thinking, you know, and I, I, so I rationalized it all by saying, I, I, you know, I've, I've yet to ever hear about an overt abuse that was related to Instagram. That's my rationalization. Um, and, uh, and so I, 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 you know, I resurrected my Instagram account and, uh, and I've been posting pictures and the occasional video clip, um, on Instagram And, and, you know, I don't like Facebook. I'm not wild on Instagram, but there's a lot of cool people there. Um, um, Our pal Elizabeth Daniels posts a lot. Um, There's all kinds of YouTube creators that I follow that are there. Um, There's uh, uh, Tim Ettridge. Tim Ettridge is the uh, ultralight guy. Uh, You know who I'm talking about, right, from central Florida there? Um, So his big thing these days is that he's um, also a – I don't know what the right term is. He's a beekeeper, all right? He's a bee – Shepherd I don't know um, he takes care of honeybees all right um, and in his area there of central Florida he sort of, I call it Central Florida it's sort of to the let me think about this for a second it's in the area to the west of Orlando about maybe 20 or 30 miles west of Orlando um, and uh, he's become apparently the go-to guy for um, the the cities around his area it, when they find um, you know sort of rogue Bees nests, when bees take up residence in some place that they're not supposed to, you know, like a electric power box or a tree in somebody's front yard or whatnot. Um, he knows how to, and in fact loves rescuing these, these hives. And so he's been posting a lot on Instagram about the process. It's, you know, I am simultaneously fascinated and, Thoroughly creeped out by the idea, right, of of this whole beekeeping thing. Um, he uh, uh, but he posts all these pictures of him um, working on rescuing these hives, and you know he, he 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 knows. And and he also occasionally will then write some text describing he's very knowledgeable about bees is my point um he'll talk about the, the their lifestyle and their what their urges are and why they live the way they live and how he, and how as a bee shepherd i don't know what the right word is what he how he uses this knowledge in order to care for these hives to rescue them to relocate them to more appropriate places and um it's pretty fascinating that's on instagram um bunch of the youtube creators that i follow post you know intermittent stuff on, on, it's I, so the content is fascinating. I'm really enjoying the content. It's Facebook though, and so I don't, I'm, I'm, I feel a little dirty, but I don't know. Anyways, that's, yes. yeah, Instagram. Um, now that I've outed myself. What do you do? You must do something online that you consider that makes you feel dirty. There's a subject right there. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not
1: going to tell you about
0: it. Bada boom. Bada boom. Bada boom. I don't know. Anything else going on or are we done? (laughs) I'm
1: not telling you or our listeners about it.